Just when you thought we were going to have a normal week, I do that in air quotes, doing air quotes, you can't see me doing air quotes, I wasn't actually doing air quotes, I thought we were going to do this week without wrestling, just do the interviews, for those of you who have already gave me, or have given me feedback on the ZYG808 interview, appreciate that, continue to listen, share that, um, it was very, two very interesting interviews this week that were dropping, um, but then everything just went kabloom. And I wouldn't have done this, honestly. I would have just let the week go by and then got back to it and talked about it next week, probably in a little bit. Uh, probably like five, ten minute talk. But I've had so many people hit me up, wanting my thoughts. And I said, you know what? I actually have a little bit of extra time on this Monday. And I said, you know what? I will drop a little something. This will be an official episode, but it will be out of order because this is going to drop before Wednesday show. So just I know some people were like, the numbers are wrong. They're off. They're, they're not wrong. They're, that's how they were recorded. So it's whatever. <laughs> um, also, for those of you who listened to the match in a month already, I salute you. Like I said, share that. Follow that like that. All that good stuff. So before we get into why this show is even happening. Let's talk about what happened just today. As I was finishing up some stuff down to today, Ric Flair was released. He asked for his release due to poor booking decisions. He hasn't been on TV in a long time. Um, and he wanted out, and they granted him his release. Um, that, that's not as interesting as the other releases that we found out today. Well, we found JoJo, which is Bray Wyatt's, uh, I, I, I believe there's significant other. She was released months ago, just made, being revealed today. Um, also, Jeff Jarrett, we found out last week, Jeff Jarrett was quietly released a few months ago as well. Um, a lot of releases, and Jarrett does have a podcast. I don't really listen to it. I listen to, I think I listened to maybe two different uh parts of it on uh youtube and, and just to see what uh, how his talking is because i actually think comrade thompson i know wrestling fans don't like him i don't um, i don't mind him actually but i believe jr's podcast became better because of conrad because jr talks in long form really long form and he also adds his his humor into it and sometimes that can be a little bit much he he does get very defensive uh, I think all, everyone who's been in the industry as long as they have does get defensive. But I think Conrad being there kind of helps keep him on track at times when he loses focus. Um, and, and I know the podcast we better because I have a bunch of people say, "Hey, do you still keep up with the something to wrestle with podcast?" I don't just because they, what they're doing is pushing you more towards the the podcasting app they have where you pay like I think nine dollars a month for it. And I just don't listen to podcasts enough to justify the $10 a month. It's $10. I can afford it. It's just one of those things where it's, it's like, I want to like, example, I don't watch Netflix every month, but I know when I do watch Netflix, I watch Netflix, you know, like I'm watching this, I'm watching that, blah, blah, blah. Um, same thing with, uh, well, I don't pay for Hulu and Disney, but like, the point is if I pay for a streaming service, I don't, I usually only watch WB or Peacock or whatever you want to call it now. 
for pay-per-views. Like, it, it's, it's very rare. I might watch the Broken Skull sessions, but it's one of those things where it's just like, I, I want it there when it's going to be there because when I watch it, I watch. Like, example, Ozark is a really good show on Netflix. I, I want to watch it, you know, so I do and stuff like that. So, uh, it's just like, I don't listen to enough podcasts or indulge in enough wrestling podcasts like I used to in order to justify that purchase every month. Because I eventually would be like, why am I paying for this? I would see it come out of my account. I'm like, that listen to anything this month? It would be me nitpicking at that point. And at this point, like when you listen to a show on Spotify or whatever, like just the ads are so long. They're like 10 minutes each. Then you get in five minutes of show, just get to another 10 minute ad. And it's like, oh God. But that's, that's how, that's, that's that's what you're supposed to do, though. <laughs> you're supposed to lean people towards where you want them. Um, but I do know, I think that he, he does make those shows for some of these people better because they're not necessarily natural talkers in podcast form, if that makes any sense. Um, anyways, the point of that is, he got quite released. Jeff Jarrett did. These are these are things that are very interesting, you know, because people and also... Who knows why these people have kept quiet about it? You know, maybe I, I doubt it's in their contract. I'm sure they can speak about being fired, you know. Um, but maybe they just, they just see no value to it. Maybe they think they're going to get a comeback, whatever. Um, but it makes the release as of Saturday even more interesting when you talk about the JoJo release now of Bray Wyatt. Uh, Wyndham Rotunda, um, obviously without a doubt, is a, is a future WWE Hall of Famer. Um, has reinvented himself two different times. Um... And had essentially what a decade long career in WWE. And let's get this out of the way before we even start. I don't think he should go to AEW. I don't think he would fit in AEW personally. I think he should go to New Japan. I think New Japan could take all that creativeness that he has, and it could be fun. Now, we do it. I'm just I'm going I'm going off a world with no pandemic. Let's get that straight. I don't know if he would do it because he has two kids, more than two kids. I think he has two kids with JoJo and like three kids with his ex. But he has a bunch of kids, family, stuff he wants to be around, sure. Um, but I don't think he would fit in AEW personally. I don't think. I know some people say he should go to. I know that's the, the natural thing because you want to see people get opportunities on bigger stages. I just don't think he fits personally with, with his creative juices going. I just think he. He would feel so much better in New Japan. And with them doing crossovers, he could still get on TNT and et cetera, et cetera. That was my first thought on that. So we're not even going to go there. But I wrote down a timeline of Bray Wyatt. He started off in developmental. And he came up in Nexus as Husky Harris, 2010 to 2011. Husky Harris, you might not remember him. He was very underwhelming. Same thing about Skip Sheffield, a.k.a. Ryback. A lot of people reinvented themselves. Husky Harris was then sent down to developmental due to weight issues. That's why that jab at the Firefly Funhouse last year was uh, when John Cena said, that, no, that's a weight I can manage. And you see Bray crying. That's where that comes from. Um, he was sent down back to developmental. Then in, in, in NXT, he actually, that original interest music for Bray Wyatt he was he, he liked it. He was using it. He went to Triple H to hey, I think I could do something really cool. This his character with this music. They went and got the music licensed and all sort of stuff. And he debuted that. 
character in NXT with Luke Harper, with uh, Eric Rowan. Eric Rowan and Luke Harper were former NXT Tag Team Champions. Um, and then they debuted on the main roster on SummerSlam 2012, I believe. And it was against Kane. Was it an Inferno match? It was some kind of gimmick match. I don't remember what kind of match it was, but some kind of gimmick match. You guys would tell me in the emails and messages. And um, he won. And it was so different. It was so, I remember, I didn't know what to think about. I remember at the time I was with my ex. And we see these vignettes of this dude by the swamps or whatever. And um, she was just like, is this supposed to be like a, her exact words, I'll never forget it was, is this supposed to be like a racist white power gimmick? Like, what are we doing here? First of all, that was funny. Second of all, I didn't even know, me being a lifelong wrestling fan, I had no clue what to think of this. It was really just different, you know? And then, to me, his, the hottest run he had was at the end of 2013 going into 2014. He was really hot. You had the whole moment where Daniel Bryan was taken out of the world title picture because they had no plan. They had The plans they had for Bryan was Sheamus versus Bryan, six matches up in the card at WrestleMania. And that is where they were going. So they only had Bray. I remember when Bryan... Was saying, I'm going for my world championship. And all of a sudden, you see Bray Wyatt attacking him. And I was like, oh, well, that takes Daniel Bryan out of it. And that's when I kind of just, like, lost faith at that moment. And in that moment, right, little did we know what we had coming. We had CM Punk leaving. We had so many things on the horizon. Anyways, Bryan lost a match where he had to join the Wyatt family. And so he joins the Wyatt family for maybe three weeks, maybe two or three weeks, something like that. And all of a sudden... They have a steel cage match, the tag team match. Bray Wyatt, Daniel Bryan versus Dusos. Um, I don't remember. The, I don't remember the match. I remember the end of the match. I remember because Daniel Bryan got a concussion. And I remember vividly Bryan turning on the Wyatt family and the place going nuts. To me, even with that reaction, the fact that they were going to put him with Sheamus at WrestleMania was just there. That that was just weird to me. But. Anyways, neither here nor there. This is information we're not supposed to be privy to if, if you if you really want to be logical. Anyways, um, then he had a match with Daniel Bryan at the at the Rumble, um, which was a great match. It's amazing you put the Royal Rumble up and Daniel Bryan and Bray Wyatt, and they have great matches. Even 2020, being there live and having Bryan and uh, Fiend in a strap match was amazing. Um, Anyways, um, then you go into WrestleMania 30, and I remember, and I was there live, I was in New Orleans, and I legit thought, okay, he's gonna, he's about to get a big time victory over John Cena. This was gonna be a crowning achievement, a, a great moment, and he lost. And it was so weird how Cena just beat all three members of the Wyatt family. I remember three things about that night. Um, I, I remember three things about that night. Obviously, the streak took the air out of the building. Another thing that took the air out of the building was John Cena defeating Bray Wyatt. And it wasn't as strong as Darren Taker losing, because that was a shock. But that place was going crazy for Bray. And, 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 and we... I want to say we all thought he was winning. 
especially the area I was in. You know, I remember one dude walked out. I think I told the story before in the last podcast. One dude walked out when Sanitaker lost, but he his anger started with Cena Bray. It was just a really weird booking decision. Then the next month they went to it was a backlash and Cena lost um, a steel cage match by all these shenanigans and blah blah blah. Um, but that was a really weird booking decision, and to me that then began the downfall of Bray Wyatt. Then you had the breakup of the Wyatt family. And they all went their separate ways for a while. Then you kind of brought them back together. As you brought them back together, um, they ended up getting tag team gold. Bray got his first taste of gold ever, which was the tag team titles with Randy Orton. Then this led to the eventual breakup of the uh, Wyatt family again. Then you had the Bludgeon Brothers going on their own, which was Brody Lee and uh, uh, Eric Rowan. Um, but then you end up having uh, one of the best elimination chamber matches ever, and you had Bray Wyatt, who was rumored to be winning. I remember when I kept, I think the rumors were going on for like three weeks, and I was like, these are really strong rumors to be going around that Bray's going to win the WWE Championship, right? It was just, it was just there. And I remember saying to myself, and these were from reputable, reputable sources. It wasn't like this was just like, Oh, Joe Schmo, this, that, and the person. No, it was like going around from every big name reporter that Bray Wyatt was going to win the WWE title. And I remember Tim was like, ah, I, I, I was hoping for Styles to main event WrestleMania with the belt, but I was like, whatever. I was actually at WrestleMania Live too. Um, but Bray won the WWE title. And then he ended up winning a triple threat match against Cena, pinning Cena in a match where if you listen to that triple threat match on that SmackDown, Cena says as he's being pinned, now you're a world champion. Um, and then that month-long reign lasted until Randy Orton, who was clearly his kryptonite at WrestleMania, defeated him for the WWE Championship. He never did get a rematch. At the time, there was rematches still in the clauses. Air quotes, no air quotes, you can't see me doing air quotes. He never got his rematch as Randy Orton was, as he was sent to Raw, Randy Orton was sent, sent to, to do the job for Jinder Mahal. Oh my, oh my. Um, anyways, um, so that was to me just a weird decision. Then you get to 2019. He reinvents himself. We have these 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 uh, vignettes happening, and once again, you don't know what's happening. He's done such a great job of keeping you guessing. Um, I remember, I think Dave Meltzer was the one that said it was Bray Wyatt, but didn't know what this was. All of a sudden, you see a Bray Wyatt, Mr. Rogers type, and someone who's clearly lost, like, going off the deep end mentally from everything he's been through. Now, remember is what this character's been through. Sister Abigail's uh, place got burned down. He lost his WWE championship. He lost his brothers. You know, it was like, you could tell he just lost his mind. And to me, it was some of the most refreshing stuff you've ever seen on any wrestling television, especially WWE television, and um, it was really good. And so then all of a sudden, SummerSlam 2019, he got a, or it was 2020, I think it was 2019, it was 2019. He got it because it was fans in the building still. Um, he got a, yeah, it had to be because once again, 2020, yeah. He got a huge win over Finn Balor, a dominant win over Finn Balor, where he then uses the mandible claws to finish. And now you have this new monster on your hands, a very interesting monster that you don't see every week. 
that you don't need to see every week. It was so good. Then the advertising came out two weeks after SummerSlam. And it said Universal Championship match at Hell in a Cell. Seth Rollins versus Bray Wyatt the Fiend. And I remember people were going crazy. Like, hold on a second. He's already getting slotted for a championship match. He's got to win that match. He's got to win. He's got to win. He's got to win. I remember the community was just going crazy at that time. And I was like, there's no way this ends. I remember this reminded me of a little bit of the Ryback conundrum where he's undefeated. He's been running through everything. He's getting over. But you also see him punk on this long title reign. And you have a date with CM Punk and The Rock at Royal Rumble. But you now put Ryback in this WWE Championship match at Hell in a Cell. What do you do? Do you take the belt off Punk? And you have Ryback versus Rock? I don't know. Me personally, that's not a draw. <laughs> in my opinion. Um, at the time, though, Ryback was over. I know he says foolish things on the internet and... I tend to ignore people who say foolish things anyway, so for me, it's not a big of a deal. I can care less. But boy, oh boy, 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 oh boy, oh boy. They put themselves in a conundrum where CM Punk had to win. He had to win. Then, they did the same thing this time. Fiend had to win. Now, this started a thing of, I think, no, actually, no, this was the second year. Because 2018 was the first year. This, you already had bad booking the year before. Where Braun Strowman cashing his money in the bank in Hell in a Cell, and that match ended up in a no contest. Now you have a situation where the lights are red. The, you have the champion Seth Rollins, who's over, who's been made to look so foolish, so heelish. That was essentially his downfall as a babyface. He just opened his mouth too much. He wasn't. He went from being a hot babyface to just someone who people just hated. They just disliked him so much. And so. Now you have the fiend who's this this undestructible, indestructible, excuse me, heel, and you're like, well, he's got to win, and I, <laughs> and it was I remember watching it, seeing like 18 different curb stomps. I don't know the exact count, but it was upwards of a 10. Then you have a sledgehammer bringing Bart into it. You're the referee saying, don't you do it, don't you do it. He throws all these chairs on top of the fiend. He hits him with the sledgehammer on top of the chair, and they they ring the bell as a disqualification in a hell. In a cell match. I remember the internet going crazy. And it wasn't just marks. It wasn't just people who are too. And people who are. Oh don't know the backstage stuff. And no no no. You actually had Sean Waltman. Who was doing a watch along for WWE. And he went bananas. Everyone did. I remember. I've owned this a few times in my wrestling life. Like fandom life. <laughs> I remember once the show went off, I immediately went online to find any YouTuber to hear the rant because I just wanted to get a good chuckle. I truly just wanted to get a good chuckle because I was laughing the entire time because as you guys know, I listen to this channel. I don't get mad anymore about wrestling decisions. I just I just can care less. I watch what I watch. I enjoy what I enjoy and I move on. But I remember vividly, I couldn't stop laughing. And I said, I need to find a YouTuber. So I found Wrestling Regret, Brian Zane. I listened to his. His wasn't as good as the Solid Monsters, though. But the Solid Monsters, then I went from the Solid Monster, then I very rarely find Walt Culture enter entertaining, but I then went to them. I went to three different things. I was up to like, to like three in the morning just laughing my butt off because I just couldn't stop laughing. It was always entertaining. It was funny because it was so stupid. Then you had Saudi, uh, them going to Saudi Arabia. 
And that's where Fiend finally won the Universal Championship. Two-time world champion. But then it was rumored, hey, we're going to have Goldberg versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. So it's like, oh, that means the Fiend has to lose the championship. If you look at it, the Fiend has only been pinned twice. Only twice. That was to Randy Orton and Bill Goldberg. And it was a three-minute match. And I remember a bunch of people telling me after he lost to Goldberg, I have no interest in the Fiend anymore. And yeah, we did see a essentially a pseudo-vegetarian win against John Cena in the Firefly Funhouse. I know some people didn't like it. I actually enjoyed both that and the, the Boneyard match was better. But it was actually a fight, though. That's why it's supposed to be a wrestling match. It was a fight. But to me, I love the psychological warfare of the Firefly Funhouse. I could watch that right now. It'll be 15 minutes very well enjoyed for myself. Um, and anyways, um, so to me, you would think that put him back on top. It, it really didn't because then he had this weird feud with Braun where he didn't bring the Fiend out. He lost his Bray Wyatt because Bray because Braun now is a universal champion. Then he lost the, or technically I guess in Wikipedia says he won the uh the, the swamp fight but then you get to SummerSlam and Bray gets the Universal Championship back only for a returning Roman Reigns to then take it a week later. He did not pin Wyatt, he pinned Braun. But either way it was a transitional championship. If you think about it, even though his first reign as Universal Champion was transitional well I mean was uh longer, it was still transitional. It was to get to Goldberg and Reigns. So anyways you can't say he had a bad run. And we're going to get to the, um, I guess we, the last stuff we saw was him being burnt. Then him coming back to, with that super, that super cool suit where it was burned and all this other stuff. Then he came back and lost in that really weird match where supposedly he was booked to win on Saturday of WrestleMania this year. But then Sunday they changed their mind and had Randy win. <sighs> Bottom line, he had some successes. The Wyatt family, to me, was one of the biggest successes successes in WWE. If you watch that Elimination Chamber match where the Wyatts are versus the Shield, I remember watching that live, and I was in anticipation. And I remember, as you guys know, I watch TV on mute most times. I cut the tip volume up, and oh my God, that place was amazing. That match was amazing. The energy was amazing. It was just fun. And, it, and you thought at the time it was a, it was few, like if you look at it, it was four future world champions in that ring. Um, but every, every one of those men held gold. Eric Rowan was a tag team champion. Brody Lee was a intercontinental and tag team champion. Bray was a tag team champion, Universal champion, WWE champion. Seth Rollins, every all that his accolades, single Dean Ambrose, Dean Roman Reigns. Um, so he had a bunch of success in this company. Which was then seemingly squandered so fast. So it, it seemed like anytime you had a win, it was then pulled back by. He took one step forward, 85 steps back. And I was reading, uh, was it Sean Ross Sapp? Or was it Andrew Kazarian? Kazarian? One of the two. I think it's Andrew Kazarian now I think about it. If I said his name wrong, I apologize. He said, Vince McMahon. And Bray Wyatt's relationship ran hot and cold due to booking. Also, Bray Wyatt had um, been being very protective of his character because it was he was being booked poorly. 
here's the thing. From what my understanding is of that character and Bray, Bray put a lot of his own money into those things to prove that he was invested in this character. We see Alexa Bliss now. Well, you guys see Alexa Bliss now. I don't watch anything when it comes to that stuff. Um, but she essentially took over the character that he essentially paid for. He does not even own. Um, which is how it goes in WWE. That's fine. You know, whatever. That's the structure of the model. Um, however, why wouldn't he be protective of that character? If you look at the situations, and look, he might have been just as to blame as Vincent Mann. He might have had some really crappy decisions, you know, that he wanted to do. And, you know, we won't know until he speaks. I'm interested. I'm, I am very interested to hear his first podcasting interview. He will do one. He's a normally quiet guy, but he will do one. Jericho will get him a horn. And um, we'll see how that goes from there, you know. Um, but this, to me, is a sign of the times in WWE. Uh if he is able to be cut, a former world champion who is literally in the prime of his career, anyone can be cut. Braun was, to me, that was a shocking cut, but Braun was no longer hot. Braun was very much just floundering. Um, but yeah, my, my final take on it is I'm sure he wanted to stay. I'm sure they didn't want him to stay. They probably was like, look, if you're getting protective of your character, get the fuck out of here. You know, you don't like the booking decisions, get a bleep out of here. Um, I, we will see him again, obviously, in my opinion. But at the same time, to me, yeah, he had successes. Sometimes you just kind of gotta go. He's been he spent a ten he spent ten years there. Sometimes you just have to go. And if he ever wants to go back, his family obviously has a long history there. His dad is IRS, for God's sakes. <laughs> You know, he had more success than his dad ever did in that company as far as championships go. Um, and I would say as far as popularity, too. IRS is still a popular character, but I think I would say Bray Wyatt is more popular than IRS, my opinion only. Um, however, at the end of the day, he had success. It's just time to go. I hope he does not go back, but I also hope he doesn't go to AEW. I hope he just goes somewhere where it makes sense. And I think New Japan, it can make a lot of sense. And he can get a lot of creativity out. He wasn't the best worker anyway. However, he can definitely, definitely get a fresh pan coat with some creativity and do some fun things. I'm looking forward to seeing what he is in his future. I, I know Vince McMahon made a stupid comment about AEW's not competition. He doesn't believe that. He has to say that for, you know, show because he is the leader, the chairman of the board. Um, so that type of stuff I'm not even going to comment on. But at the end of the day, I salute Bray Wyatt for the creativity, for at least trying to bring something fresh to his character every week and bring something that you can sit back and say, what the heck did I just watch? Holy crap on a cracker. What is this? You know, I salute him for that. So best of luck in your future. I'm not saying that. We'll see him in the future. I'm looking forward to seeing what he has. I'm looking forward to seeing... All this talent that now is out, can they get in and not just get in where you fit in, but get in and do what they want to do with their careers and their lives and show WWE you made a mistake. They can't release everybody. They're not going to release everybody. But at the same time, if you're not happy and you're getting released, it might be the best thing that ever happened to you in your career. So that is the show. I'm going to drop it today. I'm recording it today. So you're getting a double dose 
today, and uh, then you saw the Wednesday show, the Wednesday interview of, uh, well, I'll let Wednesday show talk for itself. Appreciate you guys listening. I salute you. I'm out.